Ben, we're talking about Ben. Prolific speaker on the C++ uh, speaker track, uh, algorithm expert, polyglot. Enthelement is interesting for another reason. It's I have long considered it the sort of most unloved algorithm or, or most overlooked algorithm. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 75, recorded on April 19th, 2022. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host Bryce, we talk to algorithm expert Ben Dean about C++ algorithms. Well, let's let's do this right off the bat. We're hopping, well, before we hop into things, we'll get... Uh, I, I, I know, I have a feeling I know what Connor's about to do. They're never going to sponsor us, Connor. They're never going to sponsor us. Did you hear Net Netflix down twenty percent to the after after hours today? So maybe 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 Nvidia will replace Netflix as the N in uh, <laughs> uh, in Fang. I feel like that acronym is now increasingly irrelevant <laughs> with with yeah. the players in the market. You know, I feel like I throw a lot of shade at Netflix on this podcast for absolutely no reason. And if anybody who works at Netflix is listening to this podcast, I really have no problem with you. It sounds like a great company, but I will continue to throw shade. All right, Connor, do your thing. Well, do your thing. our thing is that we're terrible. Well, we're good. I think we're decent podcast co-hosts, uh, but we do a terrible <laughs> job of introducing our guests as as demonstrated by our last recording with guests <laughs> when we had Patrice and uh, Jason oh, I thought on. this was a bubbly. I thought you were going to go do a bubbly. Oh, no. We, well, we've got the brand new bubbly flavor. It's... <laughs> well, so... Of course. How is bubbly? Because... Uh, what's the name of the other one? I can't remember. Um, uh, Perrier? No. No. Uh-huh. No. They even... They're, they spell bubbly wrong. Oh, gosh. I had one today, and I can't even remember Sam the name. Pellegrino? No, it's a, it's a flavor. It's... it's La Croix? La Croix, that's the one. Oh, see, that's big down in the States. It's not really yeah. that big up here in Canada. But I've just discovered Spindrift, which is Whoa. which is like La Croix, but nice. It's I have to say, they have compromised. It's not zero calories. It's a whole five calories a can. Whoa. La Croix, if you, want, if you want to sponsor us, we will make Ben come back and apologize. <laughs> I'm not a big La Croix drinker, but I do drink La Croix, but I've recently discovered Spindrift. Which... You tolerate it? What's what's the difference? See, well, I just want to talk like this is meta because we were <laughs> gonna this is what we're we are literally proving what we're bad at. We're bad at introducing our guests. We got <laughs> we're bad two seconds things. into introducing Ben, and then Bryce was like, Weren't you gonna talk about bubbly? And then whatever percentage of like attention deficit disorder I have, I was like, No, but let me tell you, and now we're talking anyways. Let's finish this topic. Uh spindrift. Is that what it's called? Spindrift? Spindrift is is like Lacroix, except They've compromised, as I say, very, very slightly on the calories um, for much nicer flavor, in my opinion. Interesting. You know, my, my my go-to drink is vitamin water zero. I literally have a fridge full of vitamin water zero at all times. I, it's like I don't drink water. I just isn't isn't that like the crypto? Isn't that like the crypto of drinks? Like it's just a big scam. <laughs> it's I'm. It tastes too good to have zero calories. I'm sure something <laughs> in it is going to kill me, but I am addicted. That's fair enough. Literally, literally my, my, my mother was here the last week visiting me, and she's like, I want a glass of water. There's no water in this apartment. <laughs> Can I just have some regular water? 
Wait, don't you? Isn't is the tap water in New York not drinkable? It is, but I don't know. It's like they, they want they all, all of all of the women in my life want like cold water, and my apartment does not have it. All right. Well, any of the companies, uh, aforementioned companies, including Sapsucker, which might be the Spindrift of Canada, which I think it has like twenty calories or fifteen calories a can, but it's like it takes like recycled. I don't know, syrup or something. And, um, it, Whoa, recycled? I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> it's got, it's something, it, it comes, something from a tree, something from a tree's in it. I don't want syrup that somebody else has already had. I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's what it is, but it's like, I think there's a process of making syrup and then there's some like, uh, you know, like in an oil, what do they call that stuff in an oil plant or oil refinery? And then there's like a, a pool where all the, Bad stuff goes. It's like called like a, something off. Oh, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. What did you? I think Ben actually knew the name of it. What is it called? You mean like a, a sump, like that just collects the runoff, kind of. Yeah, yeah, runoff. That's what I was yeah, thinking of. Runoff, That's the word. Yeah. Uh, my my older sister, as an engineer, would have definitely uh, had it right away. And Which sister? Uh, Shannon. She's um, yeah, she's in Calgary now. Left left me all alone in Toronto. But uh, I think it's basically the runoff. Of like maple syrup, which is still good for stuff, but not syrup. And so this drink company could be the Spindrift equivalent. Speaking of syrup, I was going to say the current syrup I have in my fridge, I just made pancakes and I noticed on the bottle, and this is going to offend everyone, right? On the bottle, it says product of USA and Canada. Oh, that is, that is wrong. That is wrong. There is one good. Why? There is one good maple tree product from Canada, and that's maple butter, specifically the type of maple butter that JF's brother brings me every time I see him. <laughs> and yes, this is a coded way of me telling JF to tell his his brother to continue to bring me uh, maple butter. You just butter. said like two episodes ago that he doesn't have time to listen to this. You just ripped on him for so, like 10 somebody minutes. Else, about... Somebody else will listen to this, like Hannah or somebody, and, and will then tell JF, and then JF will tell his brother, I got a system. But no, ma- real maple syrup is uh, is made in Vermont. It is it is a product of Vermont, America. All right, ten minutes later today, our guest, I think, other than Sean Parent, you are the second ever returning guest to the podcast. Unless if my memory's failing me, we've definitely and and for the listener, we cut every time we record with someone into like two or three episodes. So if you're thinking, what are you talking about? Everyone's been on two or three times. False. Everyone's been on once, except for Sean Parent, and then we we cut that up into 30 to 35, 40-minute episodes. So, Ben, the last time you were on was in um, the on, during the virtual C++ Now of 2020, I think. No, it was 2021. I was going to say this almost this time last year. This podcast did not exist at the time of yeah. that, that C++ Now 2020 you're, would have happened. You're on your 74th week or whatever it is. Yeah, let's well, let's be honest. We've all lost track of time yeah, and uh, in in this virtual new world that we live in. Um, but wait, Bryce, don't say anything. We were we were like we were we were almost there. We were almost introducing him. <laughs> uh, hands are in the air. So if you if you're in the C plus plus community, you've probably heard of Ben. Uh, he's a prolific talk speaker, winner of many best speaker awards at C plus plus. Now, wait, did one you of the say main... talk speaker? I'm a talk speaker. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, folks. I should read a sentence that I wrote the other day on Discord. It was so, there were so many skipped words and grammar mistakes. Uh, anyways, so he's a prolific 
Speaker would do. Speaker What's would do. <laughs> speaker? I think that's the word you're asking for. I, I got to be honest. I just got back from running 18K uh, very quickly at Run Club. So I'm a little bit, and uh, I've like I'm in like a two and a half thousand calorie deficit right now. Did you shower? Um, I did, yeah. Okay, uh, and I, I showered right before. Anyways, Ben, we're talking about Ben, prolific speaker on the C plus uh, plus speaker track, uh, algorithm expert, polyglot. If you've listened to his CPP cast episode, I think you started off by ta- going through the uh, plethora of languages that you have um, studied at one point or used. Um, Likely. Jason always asks about history and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yes. A fellow, uh, Ben is a fellow uh, program language historian uh, enthusiast. What, do you, what is it? Is it a bookophile or uh, some someone you have a library? Bibliophile? Of? Bibliophile. <laughs> you are really bad at words today, Connor. <laughs> this is going to be a rough takeoff. And the reason Ben's on today, and Ben's one of my favorite speakers, What? let's list off a couple of your talks. What's the, I'm not even going to remember any of the names of them, declarative... Yeah, one was called easy to use, hard to misuse, declarative style in C++. Yes, fantastic Ben, talk. what's your favorite talk that you've ever given? Uh, that's probably a hard question to answer. That's a hard one, but I suspect like several speakers, I feel like I've given the same talk in different guises several times <laughs> um, or variations on a theme. There are two styles of talks that I really think about. The easy style, which is Here's a thing I did. Here's the code. Here's a C++ feature. Here's how to here's how to think about it, explain it, etc. Right? The easy style of talk to me is like, you have code, you explain it. The harder style, the more, but the more rewarding style is the sort of more philosophical style. Um, can be illustrated with code, of course, but that style is more of the kind of declarative style talk. So I like I like both styles, like. I, I, I like the philosophical style, but, but the easier one to put together is definitely like, here's the code, here's how it works style. Easy to use. Yeah. Easy to use, hard to misuse. You had the other one too recently. I think it was at CppCon, which was the, or no, that was at C++ now as well. Identifying monoids. monoids. Is that, yeah. yeah. And also the talk that uh, I don't think ever gets mentioned enough. And it definitely, well, it was at CppCon, so it didn't quote unquote win any awards, which is maybe why some of the other ones get more buzz uh, even though obviously they're they're really good, is the stood accumulate an algorithm empire. I think that talk is fantastic because of sort of just the exercise of. I think you use the word sort of perversely, <laughs> like you're using the algorithms in ways they shouldn't be used. Yes, and and bending them as an exercise to really see like what they're capable of. And a bunch of the things you point out is like don't do this stuff, but the exercise of right. doing this with the you know where you give a little summary of the talk. Well, that talk, like the talk that Jason and I did, Context for All the Things, it's kind of interesting to look back and see that that talk is of its time, right? And to look back and be like, wow, that was, like you say, that was just an exercise in making Accumulate implement different algorithms. And it was a sort of a thought experiment, if you like. I mean, it was an actual code experiment, but in a sense, it's a thought experiment, but interesting. But interesting to look back at and see. You know, it's kind of of its time now. And I look, like all of us, I look back at my own code and I think, you know, what was I thinking? I shouldn't have done that. Like, there are better ways to do that. In a sense, for that talk, it's fine because the whole thing is predicated on just, this is really interesting and a good way to think about it, but don't ever write this code sort of thing. The key quote from that talk that I've sort of clipped into a couple of my talks is that at a certain point, you go through the exercise of 
seeing how many algorithms you can actually implement using std accumulate or some the sort of platonic equivalent of std accumulate yeah yeah and yes yeah, so 77 of the 90 of the right right in i think we had 90 algorithms in 14 something like that connor what just like yeah you just, just cut out <laughs> one sec one sec connor is experiencing undefined behavior right now <laughs> yes come back to us connor are you good can people can people hear me yeah we can hear you throughout can... the entire ordeal um, i'm guessing so... the listener can also hear you I, in the middle of me saying the 77 of the 90 algorithms are implementable in terms of accumulate, uh, this woman started talking in my headphones saying, your headphones are out of battery. Please recharge. Turning off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, but I so feel that's... I feel like that was probably not the first warning that you got that your headphones were low on battery because... That's true. <laughs> that's true. That lady said something earlier today and I ignored her. Um, yeah, you should have listened. All right, Ben, back to you. You were going to say one of your talks. One of my talks that had quite a bit of impact and people still seem to remember, uh, or, or at least, let's say, folks outside of the rarefied bubble of conference speakers that I talked to sort of in the real world uh, and or in the games industry as I was in, um, they really enjoyed the um, using types effectively talk that I gave at, at uh, I think it was CPPCon 16. Is that the one where you have the, you know, how many types? I have a little game, yeah, a little type theory game, um, talking about sites, ty uh, types as characterized by the cardinality of the set of values they hold. Are you are you coming to C++ now this year, Ben? Yep. Yes, I'll be there. That's in just over, that's in less than two weeks now, right? Yeah. Yeah, by the time this airs... What day is it? It's the 19th. In fact, right one now. of the reasons that we're recording this is because I will be at C++ now. And uh, or the, one of the reasons we're recording this now is because I'm going to be gone for the first two weeks of May. Right. And, uh, and Connor needs all the Bryce gold to produce, to produce the podcast. Maybe I'll just end up going solo. <laughs> <laughs> we've, never, we've never done an episode where we... No, 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 that's not true. We had the one episode, right? At what? C++ now last year. Right. One episode without me. Connor and Tony and I. Yeah. Ben, it was Ben and I for the first bit, and then Canadians have a habit of showing up halfway into the recordings. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's not foreshadowing. There's no random Canadian showing up today. So how this goes is I, I listen to your, your podcast probably every other week, um, and I catch up. And then invariably, it's like on a Saturday morning when I have some time. And then invariably... I, I, I DM Connor on Twitter. I only use Twitter for DMs these days. But I DM Connor and I say, I have opinions. <laughs> this is true. And this is why Ben... So Ben, this, so this is uh, going to be... I think... I'm not sure if it's a response to multiple podcasts, but Ben DM'd me after the C++ algorithm family feud interview question, uh, of which... Oh, I should, I should call out. We've got... We've had like two or three people who have coded yeah, out the solutions. Yeah, two people. One of them was from the C++. Well, shout out to the C++ uh, North Denver meetup because I believe Tyler. Oh, right. What was it? I want to get the name correct here. Tyler Weaver um, made both a YouTube video and sort of a Godbolt and a QuickBench and was basically saying that it looked like the max element where removing an element and then just doing another max element was the fastest and transform reduce was like the slowest. <laughs> I wait, wait, Wasn't that ridiculous max element thing my idea? 
Yeah, but we said it was a bad idea, though. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I, sir, I, sir, am an architect now. My job is not is not to write code or to have good ideas. My idea, my job is just to come up with ideas, and somebody else figures out if they're good or not. It's it's yeah. Well, so we'll get back to this. But anyways, there were Tyler Weaver had a YouTube video, and uh, there was another individual. I'll grab his name at some point. But so Ben DM'd me after listening to this and said, "We need to chat." <laughs> and I said, uh, "Do you want to come on the podcast?" And he said, "Yeah, sure. It doesn't matter to me as long Connor, as we get to chat." We, and so we need to have we need to talk. We need to have <laughs> conversation. Well, this is it. Like I have opinions, right? Yeah. Who who is it that messed up the worst? Was it me or was it Bryce? No one messed up, and and I actually really enjoyed the format where, like, the game show format where you're like, you're like, okay, Bryce, now name, name the answer. Oh, but name the series of answers in reverse order. So when you posed the question, which was uh, find the top two, right, or the or the minimum two or the maximum two, same, yeah. same thing, right, in an unsorted array of integers, let's say. Um, my immediate thought was. Nth element. That's what nth element does. That, like, and and uh, uh, but then of course, as is your wont, um, you solved it with some reduction, and that's fine. Of course, that's, this is the reduction yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so <laughs> it kind of is. I still believe the correct name for that algorithm is top two or top n. Perhaps I mean I'm not claiming yeah. that nth element is particularly a good name for that application. Uh, so it occurred to me, like, you, you're interviewing probably for library developers, right, as opposed to application developers. And there's a difference there. That's right? right. Because in an application developer, the obvious thing is, well, nth element, right? In a library developer, what I would like as an application developer is for nth element to be implemented with a reduction under the hood. If that is faster, taking into account array size, parallelism, element size, that sort of thing. You made a comment to that effect yourself, Bryce, where you said something about like the the you know the performance may vary depending on several of those things anyway. Yeah. So so one of the things I think is a good part of this question, and if if I I you know I as if you said before, I don't ask technical questions in interview mm. but mm-hmm. views. But if I was and I was going to use this question, um, look at Bryce trying not to say oh, this was a good question. Actually, let me correct myself. It's a bad. <laughs> it's in a bad category of questions that I don't endorse. But in that bad category, no, 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 no. It, it's, it's, it's an more, okay it's question. More, it's more, <laughs> I call into question the entire notion of how like, traditional tech interviews are, are, are conducted. But that aside, um, if I'm looking for a library developer, I'm looking for somebody who looks at this question, comes up with multiple different answers, and then like the, the really the right way to answer this question is to tell me that there is no one correct okay. answer. Yeah. That here are the options and that there are going to be different circumstances under which these will be, you know, each one of these will be the right one. Yep. And that like maybe the way that you would build a high performance implementation, a generic implementation of this would be to use a combination of different strategies. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, as a, as a very specific question, top two, great. The generalization is top N, of course, which in some sense is nth element. Yes. And and that's where it's like, well, mm-hmm. top two, 
it you know like a pair is very easy a very small amount of data assuming you have a small element size um but yes. if you want top a thousand like that might be a very different sort of problem uh that that parallelization might not be amenable to and in general median is a problem that's annoyingly hard to parallelize i think it's definitely not one of the trivial bread and butter like a reduction the bread and butter one yeah so that's interesting. I guess my first thought is how many algorithms, like the first one I can think of is I think the uh, stood sort is has the behavior where depending on the size, it will choose different uh, sort algorithms. And I think like the actual name of, I'm not sure if it's the same across um, uh, libstud C++ and libc++, but I think it, it, at least one of them uses intro sort which is like a combination right. of merge sort and I'm not going to get the other one wrong, but like quick sort or something like that, where f above a certain size, it chooses merge sort, but then once it gets down below a certain size, it then switches to another one. And that's actually, um, there's, it's something similar in Python that they have some kind of hybrid algorithm that, and it's named after some individual. So do you know how many algorithms actually in the algorithm header have behavior like that? So that's basically what we're, you're arguing here is, it should be top n that uses nth element for the cases that on average it's good for, and then it switches to a simple well, reduction no, but, but, that just hang has on, a... Hang on, hang I, on. I think I would argue that that um, that the top, top n really is just nth element. I think really the, the question is, should nth element implementations, special case, the like the case of two elements, yeah. uh, or, or the case of one, two, and like Something three like elements. That. And actually, it would be an interesting experiment to see... Um, uh, what the cutoff point is that 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 which it makes sense to like special case. Yes. Yeah. The other observation um, I had, is I, I think the reduction is, you can correct me on this, but I think it's by necessity giving you back the ordered pair, the way it would have to be implemented. Whereas nth element, of course, doesn't order the top. Yep. End necessarily. Well, it depends. So, like in the parallel version, where you have the associative. The associative mm -hmm. and commutative operation, it actually will be. But I think the semantic, yeah, I think the semantics of reducing the pair mean that you have to designate one as the higher and one as the lower. Otherwise, you'd have to. You. Yeah, well, wait, but, but, sure. but why? Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't it. the nth element give you give you the ordered well, pair? Well, uh, nth element doesn't have to order the because top it's end. not sorted. It might end up ordering a pair. I don't exactly know, but. If you ask it for top n, it's just gonna, it's going to pin the nth element. Everything above it is going to belong above it, but not necessarily in the right order. So the the API for nth element is three iterators: the beginning of the range, the element that you want to get at the right spot, and then the end of the range. And the only thing you're guaranteed is that everything below that point your nth element point right. is less than or whatever if, if you're using the default comparator yeah. and then everything above it is greater. And then you're guaranteed that at that point is where it would show up in a sort of If it list. were ordered, that would be a partial sort, right? That's, that's Exactly. And I think Kate Gregory actually at one point, she in one of her talks says that partial sort copy should be yeah, called top yeah. n. And then in a mm, talk yeah. that I later gave, I pointed out that actually partial sort copy should be called top n sorted 
an nth element copy should be called um, top n because the partial sort one is the one that guarantees right. that your your top but, n are going to be sorted. But that, but if the if the k if you're using nth element to do top two, doesn't it happen to be the case that 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 it'll be in order just for that case of top two? Yes. Oh yeah, actually that's a yeah. good point. But but I guess the point is it hasn't done any extra comparisons to make that the case, right? I, I just I just meant that like yeah, yeah. in the case of two, it like it does sort of happen to be. Um, yeah, I mean maybe maybe Kate's. I, I don't I don't think that we need a top end element. I think that the that uh, uh, you know. It really it's just you either use nth element or you use partial sort copy, um, depending on whether you want them ordered or not. Um, but but the, this this case uh, this question of um, special casing, um, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for some of these lower count cases is is an interesting one. You know, a lot a lot of the a lot of the. Um, optimizations that we end up doing in the cub library, which is our library of um, algorithmic primitives, um, of, of parallel algorithmic primitives for CUDA. Um, a lot of the big performance wins that we get is because like we identify a special case that, you know, happens to be uh, mm. easy to optimize. And also like a lot of people just right. fall into it. So almost almost every algorithm has some decision tree of you know uh, if it's this case you do this thing and otherwise you do this thing. Nth element is yeah. interesting for another reason. It's I have long considered it the sort of most unloved algorithm or or most overlooked algorithm. Uh, and as you know, in I think it was seventeen, um, the complexity boundaries of sort were tightened. It used to say. Prior to seven, I think it's seventeen. Prior, maybe fourteen, or even eleven. Maybe it was eleven. Um, but it used to say uh, n log n on average, and now the standard says sort is n log n. Period. Right. I. Th I think we cleaned that up in seventeen because we we cleaned up a lot of the complexities when we added the parallel algorithms and we had to figure out the complexities for them. But I could be wrong. The same. Cleanup was not done for nth element. Nth element is linear on average, but I think the same, essentially the same work, which is the work of um, Dave Musser. Um, uh, he did a lot of work on this back back in the two thousands, I think it was. Um, that that led to intro sort that Connor was talking about, and and the possibility of making sort n log n on average. I think that same underlying. Uh, that same underlying work uh, translates to making nth element linear, period, if we wanted that. Someone's got to write a paper. Listener, out there, if you're interested in getting involved in standard committee work. Yeah, because intro select is the algorithm counterpart to, for nth element that, for, for intro sort. Right, right. Yeah. This ends part one of what will probably be a four-part series on algorithms. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy and have a great day.